the famous statement from the Bible is, as ye sow, so shall ye reap. And when we launch these wars around the world, all of them represent something that goes against what the Founding Fathers believed in, which is non-intervention in other nations' affairs. And there are some decent historians out there, and assuming I'm alive, I'm going to be one of the people who writes this. We'll make the case that the leaders of the Western countries threw away an opportunity for peace and put the world on the brink of war and thermonuclear destruction. For what? To protect their personal consumption, their uh, 401ks, their corporate uh, indebtedness. All of this is for the, the sake of the corporate cartels that run the government. And Biden is nothing but a puppet of these corporate cartels. Hey, friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thank you so very much for coming back to the show. That, of course, was Harley Schlanger, and he's back with a word of warning to the entire world, especially to those in control of the United States Banana Republic. You're taking us into World War III, and what you're about to do cannot be scrubbed from your history. There will be a review between you and your maker, and I, for one, don't want the blood on my hands. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in. It's Sean from SGTReport.com, TheFazer.com, and TheLibertyMill.com. Guys, I'm very, very happy to have back on the line in essentially an emergency broadcast, Harley Schlanger. He's coming to us from Austria. But before we welcome Harley, I just want to say this Category 5 hurricane that slammed into Acapulco literally out of nowhere. These people had no warning. This thing turned from a tropical storm into a Category 5 hurricane literally overnight it doesn't appear to be natural we know weather weapons exist but imagine going to bed at night in your condo in acapulco and the next morning you wake up to this impossible he says it's impossible you're looking at somebody who has a condo at the top of a high rise all of the windows are gone the building's been destroyed Guys, Acapulco has essentially been leveled by a Category 5 hurricane that came out of nowhere. Nobody's talking about it. The mainstream media is entirely ignoring this human tragedy. And it really, really, really makes you wonder why. All right, guys, I'm going to welcome back to the show Harley Schlanger. We've got some other clips to play. But Harley, coming to us from Austria, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Sean. How are you? Good. Did you hear about the hurricane that hit Acapulco? Because the mainstream media in this country is ignoring it entirely. Well, I've seen it on the internet mentioned, but not too much about it. So I think you're right. The the media right now has one focus, which is war, war, war. And everything else is outside of the uh, recognition of the importance for for people. I mean, people need to know these things. And in a sense, we're we're in uh, the descent into the maelstrom in terms of humanity. And instead of getting uh, an ability to have some understanding of what's going on, we're being driven in the direction of war, war, war. So I'm not surprised that it's not being covered. Well, I wanted to get you on in what I'm essentially calling an emergency broadcast because Gaza is about to be flattened, a lot like Acapulco, but this time from Israeli troops and weaponry. Ground forces are expanding operations Friday night as Gaza communications and the internet has been cut. I wanna play a little B-roll of the human toll already taking place in Gaza. Guys, can you imagine being 
one of the two million people trapped in this hellhole, this open prison. Harley, we need cooler heads to prevail. I don't think that's going to happen, but we need cooler heads to prevail. That's why I wanted to get you on. Well, we do need cooler heads. We need dialogue. We need discussion. There are solutions, but that's not on the table of Joe Biden. It's not on the table of NATO leaders. What they're interested in is anything they can do to disrupt the moves away from the unipolar order. And that's what we're seeing in the the buildup to this war, which could include not only a war with Iran, but one which blows up the whole region, including bringing in Egypt, uh, Turkey, which is the largest um, military force in NATO in terms of manpower. Uh, it, it's set to blow. Everything's set to blow. We're sitting on a powder keg. You know, I'm not even going to apologize to the audience for what you just saw. I'm sorry you had to see it, but that is the reality of what's going on in Gaza. Children being pulled from the rubble of collapsed buildings. I want to give credit to our buddy Max Egan, who is sharing this information about Gaza. Again, the mainstream media ignoring the horrors of war. Meanwhile, rhinos, Hillary Clinton, all of these demon creatures in Washington, D.C. are foaming at the mouth for war. Even DeSantis is pledging to get behind this war. This is absolute insanity, Harley. I mean, we are dancing right to the precipice of World War III. Can you tell our audience, tell the world how close we are to World War III and how this could blow up in our faces? Well, let's start with the situation in Ukraine, because Zelensky is now increasingly desperate. The Russians are beginning to shoot down Atakam missiles. We were told, of course, that the Atakams are the creme de la creme of U.S. Uh, capability, longer range, uh, excellent targeting, uh, safe from Russian uh, capabilities. And yet yesterday, two of them were knocked down. Several others were tricked and ended up off course. So the, the best weapons that the United States is sending to Ukraine are proving helpless in the face of superior Russian military technology. Now, the same thing is true. The, the Defense Department is admitting we don't have the hypersonic missiles that China has, that Russia has. Iran may even have hypersonic missiles. So we've fallen behind, and we've fallen behind because there's an, an arrogant belief in Washington that we're the sole superpower and everything has to go our way. Now, when you come to Gaza, there are two points that I want to make just at the beginning. The first one is, was Israel really the victim of failed intelligence? It's possible. Scott Ritter has said that the reason it might have been failed intelligence is the arrogance of the Israelis, their reliance on uh, high tech instead of human intelligence, and also their underestimation of Hamas. However, it plays into Netanyahu's goal of destroying the Palestinians and preventing the emergence of a Palestinian nation so that Israel can grab all the land. And so, you know, whether it was a, an intelligence failure or a deliberate intelligence failure, somewhat like 9-11, uh, we, we don't know and we're not going to find out from them. But the point is, it put into Netanyahu's uh, power the ability to say to the American people, to the European people, we are victims. We've been brutalized. We have a right to go for vengeance. Now, just at the outset, Sean, let me just say that anybody who's an actual Christian knows that violence begets more violence. Vengeance begets countervengeance. You don't reach an agreement for peace by going for an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. That was the, the mission of Jesus. 
that you have to go to a higher power and appeal to the reason in man. You mentioned cooler heads. How is it a cooler head when you start calling the other side beasts, saying that we have the right to kill children? 40% of the victims in Gaza are children. Now, Biden says we don't trust the figures coming from the from Hamas. Well, maybe it's not 7,000, maybe it's 5,000, but there's no reason necessarily not to believe it. So what we're seeing is anything but civilization, anything but a, the kind of response you'd expect from people who actually are religious and respect life. You know, the problem you have with this situation in the Middle East is it's been a cycle of violence that's gone on for a hundred years, gone on since the British moved in to replace the Ottoman Empire, where they deliberately set up the nations and the, the boundaries to have permanent confrontation and crisis. This was an attempt to protect the sea routes and the land routes of the British Empire. And so they had the Sykes-Picot Agreement in 1916, the Balfour Declaration in 1917, where the British said, the British lords said to Lord Rothschild, we will give you a homeland in the Middle East. What gave Britain the right to do that? Well, it was their imperial navy. It was their military power. It was the point at which World War I was winding down and the Ottoman Empire was collapsing. We see the same thing today. The unipolar order is collapsing. The attempt to hold it together by launching wars is not going to work. The United Nations just had a session yesterday and today where virtually every nation except the European nations and the United States and Canada and Australia and New Zealand, virtually every other nation in the world is unified calling for a ceasefire. Who vetoed the resolution for a ceasefire? Biden's United States. So you have, I mean, I could go through the list of all the Arab countries that just had a conference condemning the collective punishment of the Palestinian people and the massive displacement of them. Uh, the, the problem in the United States is that the media is focused on what Hamas did on October 7th. Now, that was not a civilized reaction. It may be understandable in the same way it's understandable that Israel wants to punish someone for what was done to them. But it's not a proper moral response. If you want to condemn Hamas, you have to condemn the fact that there's been a cycle of violence that's continued in which the Palestinian people have been denied basic rights. The idea that Israel should be given a blank check to do whatever it wants to do in that region. And that's what Biden has given Netanyahu. I mean, Sean, it, it's so amazing to me. The world is looking at Biden. And on the one hand, he says, we want to have humanitarian treatment of the Palestinians. Then he turns around and says, but we support Israel's right to defend itself, knowing full well that the Israelis believe the defense of Israel depends on the annihilation of the Palestinian people. Biden also knows or should know that Hamas was uh, sponsored by Netanyahu. Netanyahu, according to Israeli sources, including Netanyahu himself, made sure that a billion dollars since 2017 went to Hamas through Qatar. Why? Because he wants Hamas and the Palestinian Authority split so there's no unified Palestinian national uh, government that could 
uh, establish a two-state solution. So if you look for blame here, you can blame Hamas all you want, but that doesn't justify the fact that Israel put them in a position where they saw no other alternative. And as terrible as that is, how is it solved by killing children? And the fact that there's no voice from the United States official uh, allowed to speak out against it, that the State Department is silencing its own uh, officials who want to speak out. Josh Paul, who's one of the top State Department officials in terms of uh, distribution of weapons, uh, had to resign because he said he was being silenced. Um, Huffington Post said there's a culture of silence in Washington. And now we're seeing the new Speaker of the House buy into Biden's policy, which is arm Israel first and then arm Ukraine. So I really think that part of this from the U.S. side was the acceptance of the, the what Hamas did as a gift to solve the problem of the lack of support for the Ukraine package. Biden is now planning more than 60 or $70 billion to Ukraine and $14.5 billion to Israel. For what? For war. Not for peace, not for development, not for negotiation and a ceasefire, but for continuing war. And this is an example of what the State Department and people like Blinken and his mentor, the late unlamented Madeleine Albright, believed was the way you do business. You kill, then you say, well, we're sorry we had to do it, but it was justified. And this is a shame on America. And I'm very sorry to say that Donald Trump, whose brand has been he kept us out of war, is egging on this fight because he thinks that Israel is entirely justified. Mm -hmm. And so you have what was, in in a sense, an attempt to go around the Trump Republicans in the Congress who were opposing more money for Ukraine by forcing them to vote on a tie, a, a linkage between Israel and Ukraine with the idea that if you vote, don't vote for this package, you support terrorism and you're anti-Semitic. So it's, it's one of the most tragic moments in American political and diplomatic history. And it, it cries out for the American people to say, no more bullshit. We're not going to tolerate this anymore. Nope. And uh, I, I don't know if that's going to come out. But uh, at this point, don't count on your representatives. Even the MAGA people are running around saying, but we have to defend Israel. Mm-hmm. They got tricked. They got played. They got suckered. And who are they ending up helping? They're helping Joe Biden. You can say, well, Biden's no good and he isn't standing up to Iran. What do you want them to do? Launch a war against Iran, which will lead to more American deaths in the Middle East? Uh, I'm sorry, Sean, but so many of the people who have become uh, involved in the discussions over the fight against the neocons have just been played for the biggest suckers on the planet. Well, I couldn't agree more. You know, I see Lauren Boebert walking around with uh, reporters trailing behind her. And what is she saying? Israel, 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 defend Israel. That's what they're all saying. It's as though they've either been blackmailed or extorted, many of these people. But here's the thing. Decades of propaganda has vanquished the sense of self-preservation that we should all have as Americans. And what do I mean by that? War, war, war. That's all we've ever known, right? It's always been war after war after war after war. And now the chicken is coming home to roost. And uh, as Nathan Reynolds, my recent guest, told me, 
There's a radical, intelligent evil that is in control of this planet that's running the show. And the American people better wake up because I'll tell you what, the only thing that explains this collective punishment of Gaza, right? This collective punishment is this radical, intelligent evil. What else could explain the American people cheering on a war where people are trapped in an open air prison and 40% of the victims in Gaza are children? Harley, this is an absolute outrage. And I think it's going to end poorly. I don't think we're going to be able to stop it. But at least you and me and so many of our listeners will be on the right side of history because I don't want this blood on my hands. That's why we're having this conversation. Now, I want to play two clips, one from a lunatic and one from a wise man. Here's the first one from an absolute lunatic who was on 60 Minutes. And you tell me how the American people could get behind this lunatic for yet another war. Are the wars in Israel and Ukraine more than the United States can take on at the same time? We're the United States of America, for God's sake. The most powerful nation in the history, not in the world, in the history of the world. The history of the world. We can take care of both of these and still maintain our overall international defense. We have the capacity to do this, and we have an obligation to. We are the essential nation, as to, to, to Paris Fitzgerald, the former Secretary of State. And if we don't, who does? Okay, the man can barely speak. He's obviously a well, puppet. He, he, he misquoted Madeleine Albright. She said it's the indispensable nation. She also said when asked about the 500,000 dead Iraqi children, was the price worth it? She said, yes, we think the price was worth it. That's what there we're dealing a with. Choice, but the price was worth it. Yeah, yes. Look, we're dealing with bloodthirsty lunatics, and and that's the reality. In the case of Biden, he's mentally incompetent. He's reading from a script that's been played into his ear. The the people you have to look at on this, first of all, on the lower level, are people like Blinken, who's a protege of Albright. But on the higher level, you have to go to the people who fund the think tanks, like the Council on Foreign Relations, Chatham House, the Atlantic Council. There are a whole number of new ones that have sprung up recently. One is called the uh, Bastion Institute, which is doing a, a series of meetings in New Hampshire, uh, talking about why we have to go to war with Iran. John Bolton's involved with that. Uh, Elliot Abrams, Scooter Libby, the former Cheney chief of staff. These guys are being revitalized and being uh, put back on the, the stage. I mean, uh, there, there is one voice of reason I just want to mention who has been very good on this, and that's Ron Paul. And Ron Paul has uh, essentially said the neocons will never let a crisis go to waste. Meanwhile, the Wall Street Journal is saying that uh, they, they, they don't care what U.S. and Israeli intelligence say. They know Iran is involved. Let me say a word about Iran, because I'm not an apologist for Iran and the policies of Iran. But Iran is in a different place right now than it was five or 10 years ago. It's been brought into the BRICS. It's been working with China for a rapprochement with Saudi Arabia. It's moving to the point of ending the civil war in Yemen. It's at a point where it needs the oil revenues to develop its country. Iran has no benefit from triggering Hamas. Hamas comes from the Muslim Brotherhood which was based in Egypt, and the Muslim Brotherhood was triggered in the so-called Arab Spring in 2011 by the Obama administration, by the British. This is a British operation. And why are the British in it? Because they're still dreaming 
of an Anglo-American world empire, which is crumbling right in front of us. So when you, you play Biden, uh, it's totally appropriate to have a senile old man as the symbol for this crumbling empire. That's right. Let me go back to that and just make this observation for you and the audience. Back in the year 2000, I just looked this up, the U.S. national debt was $5 trillion, right? Horrible, but not yeah. insurmountable. Well, here's what I think is happening. Now that we have a U.S. national debt of $34 trillion, people lose track of the numbers. They don't have any idea how much money that is, right? They just lose track. So even though we've already had more than $100 billion, a tenth of a trillion dollars go to Ukraine. Well, our borders are wide open. This lunatic wants another $100 billion, $60 billion for Ukraine and $40 billion for Israel. Harley, we already give Israel billions of dollars a year. This is absolute madness, and the American people are being looted, and they don't seem to even care. It's because the numbers have gotten so big. I don't think back in the year 2000 with a $5 trillion national debt, these lunatics could ask for $100 billion. The number's too big. But when you're dealing with 33, 34 trillion, nobody seems to care. It's an absolute looting, Harley. Well, and, and in fact, what was the rebellion against Kevin McCarthy about? It wasn't just Ukraine funding. It's that the Ukraine funding that Biden was asking was piled on top of this deficit. The deficit is growing at about $2 trillion a year and, and growing faster than that. Now, what is in that deficit? A lot of it is paying off the debt from previous wars. A lot of it is paying off the debt for bankrupt corporations that have been given money with quantitative easing to avoid going into bankruptcy. But they're not producing. They're, they're not functional. It's putting the classic case of good money after bad, but it's not even good money anymore. It's funny money after uh, worthless debt. And the more you create this, the more debt you create. How do you pay it off? You don't. Eventually, you have bankruptcies and the, the government goes bankrupt, and they're going to then figure out a new system. And this is what the so-called Great Reset was. How do you keep the, the bank accounts of the billionaires uh, liquid and solvent at a point when there's no money for anybody else? And that's what the purpose of the war is. You have people caught up in a war so that they start to say, well, I can do it a little bit less to protect the Israeli families. Well, who else has to be protected? So the supposed Ukraine situation, 60 billion more, that's pretty soon there aren't going to be any Ukrainians left. Ukraine is being devastated. And their puppet president is continuing to go around the world with a tin cup in hand, uh, begging for money to fight the mean old bad Russians. When it's been acknowledged by virtually everyone that he could have had a deal in March 2022 that he actually initialed and that the United States and the British told him not to do it. So this is where you see the insanity. And as I say, you know, people can hate Biden, but Biden is just a symptom of this. He, Biden was a war hawk back in 2000, a big supporter of the Iraq war. So, and by the way, the other connection for Biden is with the banks, with the credit card companies out of Delaware. So he's on the wrong side on virtually everything. Well, that's right. And uh, so we heard from the lunatic. That was the clip I wanted to play from the uh, lunatic puppet president. And now we're going to hear from a wise man, Tucker Carlson. But you know what doesn't work? 
saying we're going to spend $100 billion in other countries. And I don't care how virtuous the case those countries make is, and I don't care how much I personally may agree or disagree with what those countries are doing. That is immaterial. The job, the moral duty of the people running a country is to look out for the people in that country, period. Period. That is the job. Look, it was Thomas Jefferson who said the only reason we resort to government at all, Harley, is to protect our liberties. Well, this government hates our liberty. It's targeting speech. It has been actively working with big social media, big tech companies to silence and censor Americans. The southern border is wide open. Military aged men are storming in. They're not wearing uniforms. So the American people aren't recognizing this invasion, I guess. But uh, we're being invaded by military aged men, some of whom are backed by the U.N. They're literal U.N. troops and they are waiting for activation, Harley. I mean, we are on the cusp of something extremely nefarious, and I'm just sounding the alarm. Well, the the famous statement from the Bible is, as ye sow, so shall ye reap. And when we launch these wars around the world, uh, whether they're color revolutions, so-called responsibility to protect wars, all of them represent something that goes against what the founding fathers believed in, which is non-intervention in other nations' affairs. That's what the Founding Fathers was one of the principles, because it was a principle from the Peace of Westphalia in 1648 that ended 150 years of religious warfare. Uh, People may not know this, but you can go down the street from where I live in Potsdam to a city called Magdeburg, which was a flourishing capital during the, the 1500s. And it was nearly entirely wiped out in the 30 years war. The population of 25,000 was reduced to about 1,000 because of religious warfare. And finally, in 1648, there was an agreement to recognize the legitimacy of sovereign rights of your neighbors. And the principle they adopted was the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you act for the mutual benefit of your neighbor, and that's the basis for peace. They had had 150 years of vengeance and violence between allegedly Christian groups, the Protestant Reformation, the the Catholic Church, warfare. And it ended with this recognition that your neighbor's benefit is good for you. Now, that doesn't mean you give them all your money. It means that you act neighborly. You, where you can cooperate and collaborate and have mutual benefit, you do it. But you don't intervene for the sake of your benefit. And that's what we're seeing in the world today, an overthrow of that. And, and Sean, I've mentioned this before on your program, but it's really important for people to know this. The big shift occurred after the fall of the Soviet Union. When there was an opportunity to work with Russia, to work with the Eastern European countries to develop Uh, modernization and give them an opportunity to uh, take their skilled workforce and give them credit to build up their economies. Instead, Wall Street and London went in and looted those countries in collaboration with former KGB people. They extended NATO to the borders of Russia after denying that they would do it and created a demographic crisis in Russia where the population was being reduced because there were more people dying than children being born. That was reversed after 1999 when Putin came in. And there was a new opportunity 
to have cooperation between Western countries and Russia. Instead, that was thrown out. It was thrown out by uh, Bush. It was thrown out by Bi uh, Obama. Uh, it was thrown out by Biden. And what we did instead was use the Ukrainian people as a battering ram after we pulled a coup in Ukraine, used the Ukrainian people as a battering ram against Russia. So if we survive this period, and there are some decent historians out there, and assuming I'm alive, I'm going to be one of the people who writes this, we'll make the case that the leaders of the Western countries threw away an opportunity for peace and put the world on the brink of war and thermonuclear destruction. For what? To protect their personal consumption, their uh, 401ks, their corporate uh, indebtedness. All of this is for the, the sake of the corporate cartels that run the government. And Biden is nothing but a puppet of these corporate cartels. Well, that's right. That's right. By the way, I've demonstrated for the audience here while you were talking that uh, Google is a useless tool to even find the most basic information. I went to Bing and, of course, then the LaRouche organization and Harley's part of that came up immediately as a result that I could click on. Not Google. 94% of search goes through Google in the United States. So the American people are hopelessly misinformed as the powers that ought not be want to pass laws around the world curbing our ability to spread what they call misinformation and disinformation. They don't even want this stuff getting out, Harley. They don't want you and I having these conversations. You've been put on a hit list by the Ukrainians, by Zelensky, for daring to speak the truth about Ukraine. I mean, we're in dire straits, my friend, and that's the reason for this call. I don't want the blood on my hands. You don't want the blood on your hands. And the listeners better damn well get on board because they don't want the blood on their hands either. And if they do, there's a heavy price to pay for that, if not in this life, in the afterlife, Harley. You know, Google is one of the leading contributors to something called the uh, United Against Nuclear Iran, which is running around having these conferences featuring Nikki Haley, John Bolton, uh, the, the chairman of the United Against Nuclear Iran is Joe Lieberman, the old buddy of John McCain. And Google is one of the leading corporate sponsors. And there's also uh, this Bastion Institute they just had a forum in New Hampshire where they essentially promoted John Bolton's line that Iran is the principal threat to Mideast peace and security. And that um, what Nikki Haley said is we have to take out Iran. Now, how in the hell are you going to do that without killing millions of people? So you're, you're absolutely right. And, and it's not just Google. It's Microsoft. It's uh, the Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Uh, they're all funding these operations, and they have old, washed-up ex-State Department people. They have war hawks like John Bolton. You know, keep, keep in mind, Bolton was the one who sabotaged Trump's initiatives with North Korea. So, it, it, you know, to call them war hawks is a disservice to hawks. Oh, that's right. And uh, as we wrap up this emergency broadcast, we'll just point out that JFK pulled us back from the brink of annihilation. Uh, you guys remember when uh, there were Russian ships off the coast of the United States in that whole Cuba embargo back during the Bay of Pigs, after the Bay of Pigs, and the Joint Chiefs wanted JFK to have a nuclear exchange with Russia. Okay, it's because 
cooler heads prevailed and we had a president who actually cared about the American people in our nation, that he picked up the phone and he talked to Khrushchev and he stepped the world back from World War Three. That's a fact, guys. We do not have statesmen like that anymore in this country. We don't. And we certainly don't, don't have don't a statesman forget. like that in the Oval Office, Harley. Don't forget that the other thing John Kennedy did from the period of June 63 to November, besides pursuing rapprochement with the Soviet Union, had an open channel to Castro. But more importantly, perhaps, he started moving against the Federal Reserve by the issuance in June 63 of uh, Treasury notes. And he sealed his doom in those two things, I believe, the, the break with the Cold War and the break with the global central bankers. And we should learn a lesson from that. If you want to avoid war, if you want to avoid economic collapse, you need to study what John Kennedy was doing the last months of his life and understand that that's why he was killed, that's why it's been covered up, and that's why you can't get the truth in a history class at a university on the internet. Um, you, you've got, Actually, you've got to look long and hard to find the truth. And people can go to our website, we're, we're beleaguered these days. We're under fire. My um, daily video updates are being shadow banned. The, the number of views has dropped by about 90%. People keep writing me saying, I can't find you anymore. I can't find you. We still have our own website, though. And you can find my daily update at the LaRoucheOrganization.com. I think, Sean, you've been posting that, and, and that, that helps a lot. You can go to that site and go under Programs. And you'll see Harley's daily update, and you can sign up there for notifications, assuming they still send them out. So uh, we can get the truth out, and the truth is our greatest weapon. The truth and our love of mankind and our unwillingness to be turned into the kinds of beasts that these monsters running governments want us to be. Well, that's right. And I have your website up right here. Uh, the third one down that you've done recently is uh, quoting JFK, let us never fear to negotiate. The man was a statesman. Say what you want about his personal life. He actually cared about the people of this country and this country. He cared about taking it back to from those banksters, as you noted, with the issuance of those U.S. Treasury notes. And they killed him for it, Harley. And they've been in control ever yep. since. Who's they? I would say House of Rothschild. Well, my buddy Nathan Reynolds would say it goes far deeper than that. The Osini family, these uh, bloodlines going all the way back to the beginning of time. They killed our dear president. And when I say they, I include people like George Bush Sr., who was CIA and can't remember where he was the day our dear president, John F. Kennedy, had his head blown off. That's what we're up against. Except he admitted, he admitted he may have been in Dallas. <laughs> What a coincidence. Can't imagine what he was doing yeah. in Dallas. Couldn't have been working for the CIA. Oh, and then he becomes the head of the CIA, the director of the CIA. Right. And then he becomes our president. And then his kid becomes our president. Follow the bloodlines, friends. Follow the bloodlines and don't fall prey to another one of these lies, because it's all lies, war after war after war. They're all bankster wars. And all we're doing here, Harley, is we're documenting the descent into the maelstrom. Because you're right. That's what we're going to call this show. It is the descent into absolute chaos by design. And, and Sean, the important thing about that idea, descent into the maelstrom, is the Edgar Allan Poe short story about the way to avoid the descent is to use your head. Don't just react. It's a, it's a beautiful example 
of creative thinking written by a man who is uh, one of the early uh, operatives of U.S. intelligence for the founding fathers, Edgar Allan Poe. Harley, you know, as we part ways, I don't want to wax too poetic here, but uh, I just want you to know you're a kindred spirit. My audience, I get this feedback a lot that you're one of the favorite guests that I have on of everybody. It's because your heart is in the right place. The words that come from your mouth are always sincere. We know what's happening here. Those of us with the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And I hope someday when I meet my maker, God will say, well done, my good and faithful servant, because I know I'm a sinner, right? I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. But we're trying to do the right thing here for our progeny, for the future of humanity, and for those children, those 40%, the victims in Gaza, 40% of which are children. We're just trying to do our best, Harley, because we don't want this blood on our hands when we go to meet our maker. I couldn't say it better. All right. I'll leave the link below to the LaRouche organization and Harley's site there specifically. Our guest has been the one, the only, my longtime friend, Harley Schlanger, coming to us from Austria. Harley, thank you so much. Talk to you soon, Sean. All right. Talk to you soon. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. God bless you and your family. If you don't mind, spread this while you can, far and wide within your sphere of influence on social media. And pray. Pray for cooler heads to prevail. Because there is a malevolent, radical, intelligent evil driving all of this. It goes back to the days of Cain. Friends, God bless you and your family. Bye-bye. The level of pleasure these people derive from sexual perversions is impossible to get your heads around. The people that don't understand this is because they have no idea what radical evil can do to somebody. They have no idea what depravity looks like.